Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for being here today. We have an exciting program for you. James Collins has a moment of prophecy, and our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, visits with Joel Richardson. We want to invite you to visit our website, swrc.com, now with over 800 items. New items are being added almost every day, swrc.com. Resources by Joel Richardson, Mark Hitchcock, Tom Horn, J.R. Church, Jonathan Kahn, James Collins, and many, many more. Hundreds of books and DVDs right there for you, your Sunday school, homeschool, or small group. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. We're able to be here each day because of your prayers and financial support. When you purchase a book or DVD, you're helping us spread the truth that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Thank you. Joel Richardson is an artist, human rights activist, New York Times best-selling author, internationally recognized speaker, and is recognized as an expert on Bible prophecy and the Middle East. He joins Dr. Larry Spargimino to discuss Israel, Islam, and the unfolding signs of the Messiah's return. Our guest is Joel Richardson. He's an author, filmmaker, a missionary to people in difficult places, places that are hostile to the gospel. He's also an insider regarding places like Iran and Afghanistan. And Joel leads tours to Saudi Arabia. So he's really um, got a lot of inside information that most of us don't have. So, Joel, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, Larry, I always love being on with you. Thanks for having me on. Tell us about the church in Iran. It seems like the mosques are virtually empty, but from what I hear, there's tremendous growth and hunger for the gospel in Iran. Yeah, absolutely. So the church in Iran right now is the fastest growing church in the world, just sitting a little bit under 20% growth per year. Mm. There are several underground networks in the country, apart from, you know, Iran allows like the Armenian traditional Christians to have churches and that type of thing. But in terms of evangelicals, that's all underground. And I work with one of the, I'll just say most viral of the different networks, and the testimonies continue to roll in. They're not simply surviving, but they're thriving, they're wow. spreading, they're growing, and they're multiplying. And the testimonies are really legitimate and amazing. That's wonderful. Didn't you or somebody have a meeting with some church leaders from Iran and Indonesia or someplace like that? I seem to have seen something like that on the film or something. I work with this particular ministry, the, the network that I'm referring to, it's called GCM, which is Global Catalytic Ministries. And what we usually do is meet with some of the leaders from that network outside of Iran every few years. And yeah, we had a meeting recently in Indonesia, and we're able to do some interviews, get some of their testimonies on film, and wow. yeah, then we created the film which is called Sheep Among Wolves, Part 2. That's so exciting. And why Indonesia? Isn't Indonesia a Muslim country? We meet in different countries that Iran does not have diplomatic relations with. Obviously, even outside of the country, I mean, even in telling you that I meet with the leaders, we have to be very careful in terms of right. what we say, right. this type of thing, because you have to assume the regime is 
actively looking and searching, especially leaders. Yes. And so if they have diplomatic relations, let's say, with Tajikistan next door, you know, if we met in Tajikistan, they have their own secret police, and right. they could exchange that information right. with Iran. So there's a lot of countries that we have met them in, and I can't <laughs> tell you right. where they all are. Right. Indonesia, obviously, we've been open about that, but there's also some subversion that would have included in that information. Right, I can understand. What are the Christians in Iran like? Are they young? Are they old? Are they men? Are they women? Is there any kind of demographic for the Christians in, in Iran? So age-wise, they're all over the place. Iran is a very young country, so you've got a, a huge younger population under the age of 30. And as you said, most Americans, they assume, they picture Iran, they picture Iranians, they think the Ayatollahs, they picture all these people, you know, wearing turbans, shaking their fists, death to Israel, death to America, this type of thing. But the vast majority of Persians, Iranians, they're actually very Western-friendly. For the most part, they mm. don't like the government, they don't like the regime. Mm. The majority have rejected Islam. Islam is, mm. as you said, the mosques are largely empty. And when you combine that with the poverty of the country because of the American sanctions and horrific government, most people are struggling. Inflation there is through the roof. I had a friend, one of the leaders I was talking to, and he said, look, last month my Wi-Fi bill was the equivalent of $1.50 a month. Hmm. He said this month it's the equivalent of $150 in one month. It went from $1.50 to $150. So because the people are so poor, because of the poverty, they're hungry, they're desperate. Mm. So you have this massive youth population that's incredibly hungry for God, but they know Islam is not the solution. Mm. And so the gospel is finding fertile soil. Now, in the film, we talk about the fact that there are a lot, disproportionate number of female believers even among the leaders, and this is very controversial, obviously. Right. A lot of people are thoroughly opposed to women in leadership and this right. type of thing. Well, when the women are taking the leadership and the men aren't, I don't think the Lord necessarily has a big problem with that. And oftentimes in the Middle East, a lot of these reform movements we see are often led by women. Women often tend to be the boldest. Unfortunately for men, they often tend to be the most courageous and confrontational. Yes, yes. And we've actually seen that quite a lot in the church in Iran as well. I've been pastoring for many years, and I pastor here in Oklahoma City. I have a Chinese group, and some of our women, like especially on Wednesday night, we do some really in-depth Bible studies. Well, the women are there, and the men are not, <laughs> and the women are learning. I mean— the week after, I kind of have a little pop quiz kind of thing, and we discuss what we learned the week before, and they're on top of things. So it's not like they're usurping anything. They're just the ones who are there, and they visit. They invite people on social media. We still do things on Zoom. We have people in California and so on and so forth. So I agree. If the men are not doing anything, we can't condemn the women for being zealous and being intelligent and loving Jesus and want to see the church grow. Yeah, and the thing of it is, too, is in the Islamic world, and in Iran in particular, the women are most often the most oppressed, right? The rape statistics through the roof. Right. And the gospel is for who, Larry? It's for the poor. Yep. And so it's not surprising that the gospel is being received by the most oppressed, and that the former oppressed are taking leadership. You contrast that, right. the strong presence of women in the church with 
traditions in Islam that say things like Muhammad said, he said, I saw the inhabitants of hell, and he said, and the majority of them were women. Mm. You know, you think, well, what is that supposed to mean? Are women more evil than men, or this type of thing? But, you know, Islam has that inherent oppressive spirit toward women, right. and so it's a wonderful thing that they're coming to faith so significantly. I remember in one of our conferences, you had a film clip of Iranian believers. They were dancing, now, not ballroom dancing, but it was very worshipful. What are the services like in Iran? Are they, do they dance and preach? And I'm sure they can't make too much noise with the music, but what are the services like? The video that you saw was of this network, these underground believers, but they were meeting outside of the country. Ah. So they were singing and gathering and so forth. In the country, they really can't do that. Iran is essentially like a mafia state to where, because, again, the poverty is so significant, the best way to get a good job is to get a job with government. And one of the fastest ways to do that is to curry favor with the government, which is by turning in your friends and neighbors. Mm. And so even just having a little gathering, if they were to say, praise the Lord, brother, or you see groups of people going into an apartment, that's cause for alarm. And so, you know, this is smaller than even just normal house groups. They right. really have to be in very small groups, and they have to be very, very smart about how they do it. And most often, there's not going right. to be singing. Well, I want to encourage our listeners to pray for Iran. And I've been saying Iran. I guess that's my New York City accent. But anyhow, Iran, they need our prayers. Bring them, dear friends, before the throne of grace. Joel Richardson is telling us about the situation in Iran, and it's very exciting to see what the Lord is doing. They need God's help. And from what Joel is saying, there are many people in Iran, just like I've shared with you about in Pakistan, who are really looking. In fact, many of them are looking more earnestly for the truth, for the true and living God, than even here in America. We're so so many times well-fed, and we've got TV and all that. So please remember to pray for the work in Iran. Now, Joe, what about Afghanistan? It's hard to get information about Afghanistan, but you know more about Afghanistan than most of us. What's happening in Afghanistan? The big story right now, obviously, is the American troops are completing their pullout. And you talk to the service guys that have been deployed to Afghanistan, even that have been part of this final pullout, and they're devastated. They're warning of an imminent absolute bloodbath. Mm. And if you look at the maps of the Taliban retaking of the nation, they have not had a fraction of the control that they have right now in well over a decade. So essentially 20 years of American occupation in Afghanistan is pretty much being thrown out the door. The Taliban are sweeping control. The majority of the country has fallen. And so in the midst of that, Afghanistan is the second fastest growing church in the mm. world, oh. just behind Iran. And you have a few things happening. One is you have a lot of workers from Afghanistan coming into Iran, and then they're getting evangelized by the Iranian believers, wow. and then going back to Afghanistan. But you also have some of the Iranian believers that are going as missionaries, because in Afghanistan, some of them speak Persian, Parsi. Iran is now actually a missionary-sending nation. They're sending missionaries to Afghanistan, and again, using some very specific techniques and approaches that take into consideration the oppression of the government and the Taliban and the type of thing. 
They're seeing explosive growth, mm. and the Lord is moving. It's a combination of the Lord partnering with His people. His people are bold, His people are taking risks, and the Lord is partnering with them and responding and moving. It's actually a pretty glorious story. Yes. I've got a video presentation regarding the persecuted church in China and also in Pakistan, and my first slide is a photograph that I took several years ago in the Sand Dunes National Monument in western Colorado. My buddy and I were hiking on a sand dune. It was about 700 feet up. It has the largest sand dunes in North America, and right on top of the sand dune is a beautiful flower. What is this thing doing here in such a hostile environment? And I kind of use that as a picture of the church in difficult areas. It's a hostile area. Sand dune is not the nicest place for a flower, and yet it's growing. There's vitality. There's some nutrients there. And I think that's kind of like what you're talking about in Afghanistan. It's been years and years of war, violence, and yet people are searching. That's so exciting. Well, are they just very small groups in Afghanistan, two or three people meeting, and maybe for quiet prayer? Or what do they do? Yeah, it's going to be much smaller gatherings for sure. Now, in the villages, you have entire villages that are coming to faith. They can be a little bit bigger gatherings, but, you know, obviously in the cities, they have to be extremely careful. The Taliban are incredibly violent. There's regular bombings, yes. and they don't care. Mm. They'll blow up children's schools, mm. you name it. But look, you know, in terms of what you're saying, that the daisy pushing its way up through the concrete, mm. there's a dynamic here, which is wherever Satan overexerts himself, mm such as with the Iranian regime, such as with the Taliban, such as with ISIS, etc. There's always reverb. Satan says, I'm going to establish my caliphate here in Syria, and now we're seeing explosive growth of the church, evangelical churches, in northern Syria. Same thing with Iran, same thing with Afghanistan. Wherever Satan tries a little too hard, you know, and yes. he establishes the Taliban, there's always a reverb, because the human heart, as much as we're all reprobate. There's also a dimension, you know, we're all created in the image of God, and there's this innate hunger in all of us. And the human spirit generally tends to react negatively to these radical extremist forms of Islamic government. Right. And so the Lord says, I knew you were going to do that. And Satan <laughs> says, oh, you always knew I was going to do that. And the Lord's a hundred steps ahead of Satan, no matter what he tries to do. Right, right. I think of Acts chapter 8, 1 through 4. You know, just before that, Stephen is executed, but then in Acts chapter 8, I believe it is, 1 through 4, it says that the believers were scattered everywhere preaching the gospel. It was kind of like Satan's overreach. He, he scattered the believers, and they're telling other people about Jesus. Well, Joel, we're going to have you back for another interview. This is so exciting. Friends, our guest is Joel Richardson. Please tune in again, and remember to pray for Iran and Afghanistan. Thank you, gentlemen. Joel Richardson will continue his look at the unfolding signs in the Middle East next time. To get your very own copy of the complete two-day conversation with Joel Richardson, simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Less than two days are left to get this month's special thank you gift, God's Promise Box. It's a beautiful painted canvas cloth box depicting the Lion of Judah looking over the city of Jerusalem. 
This box is filled with Bible verses that remind us every day of God's promises. Get your promise box for a gift of $100 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also go online and get this month's thank you gift, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. We continue to have a tremendous response from our brand new listeners to Watchmen on the Wall. People wanting to learn more about our prophecy ministry. Individuals and families are requesting our new listener packs. In the pack is a welcome letter with history about the ministry, the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer, and a free gift. Request your free new listener pack by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. And for all of the listeners, be sure and sign up for our free e-newsletter. Our new e-newsletters are going out to thousands of inboxes every week with the latest information on current events in Bible prophecy and special video messages from our speakers. Get these email newsletters free of charge and stay informed. Sign up at swrc.com. That's swrc.com. You can now listen to insightful interviews, current events from a biblical perspective, and prophecy that helps you bring clarity to the chaos. You can do that with our podcast. Subscribe today to both of our podcasts, Watchmen on the Wall and our brand new podcast, In the Beacon's Light. You can get these podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, and TuneIn. Be sure and subscribe to our podcast today. We all recently watched in horror at the scenes of chaos and destruction in Afghanistan. Was the chaos in Afghanistan predicted in the Bible? James Collins answers that question in today's Moment of Prophecy. America's total and swift abandonment of its U.S. Air Force Base in Kabul, Afghanistan has even mainstream fake news media anchors confused. They found it almost impossible to find the words to cover for President Biden's inability to form a coherent thought to answer questions. President Biden stood before microphones on Wednesday, August 18, 2021, and ranted about how the COVID vaccine would be mandated with only secondary mention of the thousands of Americans left stranded in Afghanistan while the vicious Taliban horde moved to take over Kabul and everything else. Biden seemed oblivious to questions, even from his friends in the fake news media. While Afghan women and girls as young as age five years of age were being taken as sex slaves and the families of Afghanistan were being slaughtered, Biden seemed to have no idea about how to deal with what the American or Afghan military should do to handle the cut-and-run strategy of his administration. Afghan women were seen literally tossing their little children across barbed wire fences to American military personnel to get them out of the country on C-17 and other aircraft that the U.S. Air Force were trying to fly out of the Kabul airport in the panic to evacuate as many as possible. Some of those flights saw men hanging from anything they could grasp while the planes lifted off. Some fell hundreds and even thousands of feet to their deaths. 
One aircraft had to make an emergency landing because their landing gear would not fully retract. That was because some men, trying desperately to flee the Taliban, had tried to hide in the massive landing gear area to fly to safety. They were crushed to their death, of course. Then on August the 26th, 2021, more than 100 people were killed, including at least 13 United States service members and 90 Afghans at the Kabul airport when two blasts ripped through the crowds trying to enter the American-controlled facility, disrupting the final push of the U.S.-led evacuation effort. A suicide bomb attack at the airport's Abbey Gate was followed by an assault by gunmen. Another bomb attack took place nearby at a hotel outside of the airport. Eighteen U.S. service members were injured. With Afghanistan back in the news, people have been asking, does Afghanistan have a role in Bible prophecy? The answer is yes, Afghanistan does have a role in Bible prophecy. In Ezekiel 38, written over 2,600 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel prophesied that an alliance of nations will form in the latter days just before the Lord Jesus Christ returns, and that alliance will include Afghanistan. Actually, Ezekiel identifies the nations in this alliance as Magog, Rosh, Meshach, Tubal, Persia, Cush, Put, Gomer, and Beth Togarma. I don't blame you if none of those names makes any sense. After all, they don't sound like the names of any nations on earth today. But keep in mind that Ezekiel named the nations of this alliance as they were known in his day. And each one represents a clearly identifiable nation currently in existence. In fact, long before Russia became a world power, scholars identified Rosh as the nation of Russia and Gog as its ruler. And of course, right up until the day of March 21, 1935, the world knew the nation of Iran as Persia, the same Persia referenced by Ezekiel. So Persia is a clear reference to Iran. Today, Bible scholars call these nations the Gog-Magog Alliance. To help you understand this alliance, let me give you the name of the country in the time of Ezekiel and the country's name today. First, as I said, Rosh is Russia. Magog consists of the modern nations of Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Afghanistan. Persia is in Iran. Kush is in Sudan. Put is the modern country of Libya. And Meshach, Tubal, Gomer, and Beth Togorma are located in present-day Turkey. Now, in the history of the world, such an alliance of nations has never existed. But today, we see it coming together right in front of us. Don't believe me? Just check your history books. In the 2,600 years since Ezekiel recorded his prophecies, these nations have never been part of an alliance of any sort. That all changed in the late 1980s when Russia began allying herself with the Arab nations in the Middle East. The Bible says in Ezekiel 38.8 that the Gog-Magog alliance will form and come against Israel in the latter days. The Hebrew word used in that passage to describe the latter days is akshirath, and it generally translates as the after part, latter part, or end. In other words, this alliance will form in the last days just prior to the return of Jesus Christ.
But that's not all that's said. Ezekiel provides us with additional clues as to the timing of the Gog-Magog attack against Israel. In Ezekiel 38.12, Russia's ruler Gog says, I will attack the once-abandoned cities that are now populated with the Jews who return from exile among the nations. Now, I don't know if you caught that, but the ruler of Russia, Gog, will attack the land of Israel when it is filled with the exiles who return from among the nations. The target of this future invasion is the modern-day state of Israel. God himself confirms this when he says the invasion will occur after Israel had been gathered out of many people. That is found in Ezekiel 38, 8. In Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 27, God says it will happen when I bring my people home from among the enemy nations. This return home from among the many nations of the world has happened only once in all of human history, and our generation is a witness to that event. The 1948 regathering of the Jewish people and the restoration of Israel in the Promised Land. So I believe that the situation in Afghanistan is setting the stage for the Gog-Magog War. With the United States leaving Afghanistan, Russia has already been making moves to strengthen its presence there. Today's headlines point to the fulfillment of the Ezekiel 38-39 prophecies in the near future. And those prophecies point to the fulfillment of all the second coming prophecies in short order. Never before have so many signs of the second coming been present. And never before has it been more important to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. So make sure to tell everyone you know that Jesus is the only way and that he is coming soon. This is James Collins reminding you that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We are excited to offer today two powerful resources from Joel Richardson. The DVD, End Times Eyewitness, and the book, Sinai to Zion. The DVD, End Times Eyewitness, takes you on a first-hand journey into the heart of the biblical world, to the front lines of the ongoing Middle Eastern revolutions. Filmed in several nations and featuring the testimonies of global Christian leaders, pastors, theologians, and missionaries, End Times Eyewitness reveals which biblical prophecies of the last days are being fulfilled in the earth today and what is coming next. The book, Sinai to Zion, is an exciting study of how the Bible uses the Exodus story as the basis for its version concerning the glorious and triumphant return of Jesus the Messiah. For the first time, this book presents a thorough examination of many often overlooked yet critically important Old Testament texts that the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament authors look to as describing the return of Jesus. Both the DVD, End Times Eyewitness, and the book, Sinai to Zion, are available together today for a gift of $40 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. Get both the DVD and book for a gift of $40 or more by calling 1-800-652-1144 or visiting swrc.com. 
Tomorrow, Joel Richardson returns to expose more unfolding signs of the Messiah's soon return. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.